Welcome to episode 13 of the Green and Healthy Places podcast, in which we take a deep dive into the world of sustainability and wellness in real estate and hospitality today. I'm your host, Matt Morley, founder of BioBlue Eco Yachting, BioFit Nature Gyms, and Biophilico Wellness Interiors. In this episode, we're in Hong Kong to talk to French-born Laurie Mias, CEO of Revivo Eco Luxury Wellness Resorts. They have a successful property already up and running in Bali, a second resort opening this year in a historic chateau near Toulouse in the south of France, with others in the pipeline in Malaysia, Barcelona and Sri Lanka. My conversation with Laurie covers Revivo's sustainable resort development strategy, how she juggles her role as CEO of Revivo on one side, whilst also leading the development of sister brand Pavilion Hotels, residential project in Nasaka, Japan, her ultra-local or hyper-local procurement policies, the benefits of on-site farms for a restaurant menu, mindful movement for neuroplasticity and slow aging, their deliberately soulful version of a typical hotel workout, how to integrate local healing traditions into the guest experience, the benefits of artistic therapy sessions, their plant bar concept for guests to blend their own tinctures, teas and bath salts, nighttime rituals, and even a 16th century salt cave for underground halo therapy. If you enjoy this type of content, consider sharing or subscribing. As long as the audience numbers keep climbing, I'll continue to do what I do. So thank you for your support. Nada mas. There we go. Let's get into it. Here's Laurie Mias of Revivo Wellness Results. Laurie, thanks so much for joining us today. Perhaps you could give us a quick introduction to your role, because I know you're working both on the Revivo Wellness Resorts and with Pavilion on the other side. So how does that work for you? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Revivo is a brand I started from scratch, so uh, um, it's my um, my DNA, if you like, and it's all about wellness and it's more luxury positioning. Uh, so my job is pretty much CEO, so supervising uh, everything. However, for pavilions, uh, um, hotels and resorts, my role is just supervising um, the constructions of houses in Japan, in uh, in Niseko. So I've been uh, busy doing that for the past three years. We built four houses and it originally was a huge land. So it was really interesting because we had to uh, bring electricity and uh, drill the onsen and uh yeah just just you know uh make it um um make the road uh so yeah and lots of constraints that i i never uh, i never had to figure out before such as uh, the snow everything is is ruled by by the snow with the snow in in Niseko in this area because it can snow up to 10 meters in one night so it's kind of crazy and um and then you have to do everything around the, the snow clearing issues. So, so that's quite a development role on on the one side, and getting getting new uh, dots on the map, getting new uh, hotels open for the the pavilion side. But then on the for Revivo, then what was the process in terms of um, creating and launching, defining? You mentioned the DNA, presumably identifying a gap in the market. Uh, and creating a concept or, or effectively a new resort brand to, to fill that gap. So could you talk us through how you went about launching and defining this this new concept? 
So yeah, I uh, I was pitching the main investor of Revivo to uh, invest into my own business back then, which was a green juicery uh, called Press Green Juicery. I had launched in Hong Kong, and I needed money to expand the capacity of production. And he told me, no, not interested in be there and don't done that. But what are you doing next weekend? Do you want to go to Bali? I have houses with Aman in south of Bali. It's called Aman Aman Hotels. I'm sure everybody's familiar and uh, yeah, I have those houses and now they're going to be, um, they're going to lose basically the, the, um, the lease. How can I say? Yeah. You know, in Bali, you lease the land. So anyway, we need to find a new operator. So yeah. Why don't you go there next weekend and uh, just tell me what you think? <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> So that's what I did. And then I came back and I said, yeah, it's an amazing property. It's designed by Kerry Hill. I mean, it's I'm understanding. So it's obviously very, very beautiful. Okay. Can you uh, make for me a, a spa resort out of the, the four villas that I have? And uh, I was like, yeah, sure. I'm sure I can do that. But, you know, spa is a bit uh, competitive. Everybody has a spa nowadays. So eventually uh, I convinced him to make something much more comprehensive than just a luxury spa resort. And uh, that's how uh, Revivo was born, basically, around that idea. And uh, that was a very lucky encounter, obviously, because, um, I mean, Hong Kong is a type of city that is really rewarding and people don't really look at your resume or how old are you or... So you then had you had that amazing opportunity then, as you say, obviously like entrepreneurial scene in Hong Kong. You get dropped into this project in in Bali, and then I mean, what what were the next steps from there? Were you running feasibility studies? How did you recruit? I mean, what what was the the team that you built around you in those early days? Uh, yes, so uh, eventually I recruited the team of uh, Aman <laughs> to. <laughs> that was really, I mean, that was the easiest because uh, they've been building houses uh, for the past 10 years. So I was in contact with the architect and, uh, yeah, luckily enough, they, they wanted to continue because they had started this project and so they wanted to continue. And then I I asked them, you know what, the property is so pretty uh, and I'm not an architect myself. I don't want to change anything. I just want to expand and create the spa uh, turns on rooms into uh, treatment rooms, uh, turn the main uh, uh, library into the bar area, you know, some small-ish modifications like that. So it was quite easy. But then in terms of customers' flow, you needed to think also because the property is huge. So you didn't want the people to have the the change room uh, 50 meters from the, the sauna or the, you know. So it was just this type of uh, of problematics that we were thinking about. And uh, the rain as well, because it can rain a lot in Bali. So again, uh, you don't want people to, to be under the rain for too long. And the property is uh, three hectares and only 16 villas. So, um, yeah, so we, we were thinking like that in terms of customers' uh, flow and service flow. And a big piece of what you do then is is clearly around the sustainability piece. I mean, we can get on to the, the wellness section in a minute, but but what I've found interesting is you have this combination and it feels really it's the right time for brands, I think, that are doing the green and the healthy, not just one or the other. And, and it's a big part of how you communicate online. So 
this idea of sustainable uh, a resort or a sustainable development strategy where you're reducing plastics, could you talk to us a bit about what that equates to and how you're delivering that and, and how it affects the guest experience? Or is it more of an operations policy that almost you don't see as a guest or or is it very present? Uh, for me, you don't you don't see it because uh, you are in a luxury uh, five star uh, hotel, and uh, it has to be normal at some point that uh, for the price you pay for the standing you you expect to to receive that you don't find a plastic bottle on your bedside table, uh, for instance. I mean, to me, I, at least that's the definition of luxury nowadays. Uh, because if we don't do it, if a five-star hotel don't change a plastic bottle for a glass or re refillable one, then who is going to do it? You know what I mean? Because obviously, I mean, it goes without saying, glass costs uh, five five times more than plastic, but everybody knows that. And it's convenient, of course, when you look at the PL uh, or the pre-opening cost just to uh, make the switch. Okay, you know what? Drop this and uh, we will think about about it later, but uh, that's what I wanted to avoid. To me, every single detail matters, and, um, and yeah, we have to show the example. I, I feel like when you're in the luxury uh, uh, hospitality, and especially I, I got so lucky to learn from the Aman hospitality that is uh, really, really, really ultra luxury, and uh, they've they've. They don't cut any any corners, you know. So I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to continue what they they started to do, and uh, every single stone has been uh, sourced in uh, in Bali to build this project, and it was 25 years ago, you know, the the first uh, the first house is the first hotel they they built part of this project. Um, everything was sourced locally: the wood, the the hata, the way they you know, the way they build and, um, yeah, every single uh, sarong, every single uh, hat was made in, in Bali. Uh, it's also quite easy in Bali because uh, there is a really high tax on every single product that is imported. So to be honest, you don't really want to import anything. But, um, but yeah, I think it's beautiful also when people travel all around, I mean, so far and they arrive in Bali and they, I think they really appreciate that whatever they could find in our bedroom. Let's say we furnish yoga wear because people come uh, most of the time for a yoga retreat and uh, our yoga wear are made in Ubud in north of Bali with an organic cotton. And so you can go and visit the factory. Same for our ceramics, uh, same for our soap. All our soaps are natural and uh, made uh, um, in Ubud. So again, people can go visit the, the factory. And I don't know, it really adds up, you know, we, all the small details, they, they add up and they, that's what creates a luxurious and memorable experience, I think. Hotel brands have been talking about this concept of a sense of place for, for so long, but it feels like only now are they really delivering on that promise and doing exactly what, what you described, which is, you know, every detail not just in terms of the aesthetics, but in terms of where things are sourced and procured and, and actually made at a local level. So there's there's so many layers to that sense of place now, presumably it's it's sort of embedded right into the DNA of, of each particular 100%. project. Yeah. And how do you how do you then move that forward then into the idea of uh, even producing your own uh, food or ingredients for the kitchen? I know that you have hydroponic gardens on site in Bali. 
is that a again is that a is that a financial decision is it a is it a huge capex investment has it proved to be a good decision are you pleased with it would you yeah, do it again yeah 100 i will do it again because uh, again it, it adds a lot to the customer experience and um those type of ideas you also get them when you surround yourself with uh, like-minded uh, people and especially the nutritionist chef who had uh, put together our our menu um her name is Ali Walu and she is uh, Spanish also and um for her yeah it goes without saying that all the products that we use in our kitchen they are 100% natural they are 100% made in this kitchen we don't buy any seasoning or any anything that is uh pre-made kind of except the wine i would say or the alcohol you know but otherwise everything is made in our own kitchen so she was beautiful like that and she really pushed me to uh to really do everything with uh with our own product and locally sourced and uh, she was amazing in in the in the procurement uh, phase and um she only wanted to work with uh, and cook with seasonal as well products. And uh, she found, for instance, I don't know, a, a fruit supplier who is only picking up the fruits that ha- um, that he found on the floor. You know what I mean? So they, they write by themselves. So, yeah, this type of, of stories that um, I was so grateful for her to, to bring this this content, if you like, to, to us. And, yeah, thanks to people that you surround yourself with when you have a good intention and, you know, all the dots kind of align because you find people that have similar intentions. Yeah, it's beautiful. It makes complete sense. So that, in a way, gives you that that Nutrio concept. And then I know you also have the Movio concept around movement. And particularly, I'm interested in the idea of combining the movement and mindfulness. You know, a lot of every every hotel or resort has some kind of a gym. They usually not that exciting, but very few of them do anything a bit more interesting with their gym and even fewer resorts think also about how movement and mindfulness can both be practiced. So how did you how did you go about creating that movio fitness or wellness concept? So um it was important for me. I'm not a gym person. I I'm, I've never I was never <laughs> but I knew we needed to have a gym. So and some men they they like the the high intensity workout. And so I try to infuse mindfulness into even the, the gym that to me sounded without soul kind of. And so, for instance, if you come to, to our resort, which I hope you, you, you can soon one day, um, you will uh, find that the teacher is starting the, the personal training class with a, with a breast work. And sometimes uh, maybe is ending also the the class with the, the sound the Tibetan uh, Tibetan vowel sound sound uh, sound buzzing. So just to connect because of course you 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 are doing a workout of course you are um, activating all your your body and it's already an amazing thing that you can do for for your body and for for your mental health. But if on top of that you you manage to bring awareness. Uh, I would say the benefits are, are ten times uh, better because you you would be a hundred percent aware, and when you when you are aware and when you do things with mindfulness, um, basically your brain and your your connections, your your we call it uh, neuroplasticity, the plasticity of your brain is is much uh, much better, and uh, like that you you can r- reduce the risk of uh, 
having a neurodegenerative disease. So it's it's a bit complicated, but not really. But if you want to Google it, uh, there is a lot of uh, uh, research that have proven that uh, um, mindfulness uh, increase your neuroplasticity and reduce the risk of uh, contracting a neurodegenerative disease. So you live longer and healthier and happier. It reminds me a little bit of, I guess, two things. One on the on the yoga side, and then also from my perspective on, on martial arts. You know, there's a moment before you you step onto the mats when you practice most martial arts, where you you take a breath, you kind of you bow to the to the studio, to the to the gym where you're training, and you have a mindful moment before you start practicing. And obviously, yoga is that sort of mind body connection. So there's you know, integrating that into the fitness side is is fascinating. It also raises the question of how. Um, the Asian influence is part of the brand as a whole or whether it was more to do with your first location in Bali. So when you go to open your next resort coming soon this year, I believe, in France, how are you translating that brand concept? Is it is it still a essentially an Asian brand that's coming to Europe or are you adapting and, and finding that local inspiration for each new property? Yes, exactly. It was really important for me that in each place you feel the the sense of place, as you call it before, and that uh, the treatments and the workouts are inspired by local healing traditions. Uh, so the food is an easier, easier is an easier one, I would say, because of course you work with local food, so that's kind of um, deal done, I would say. But uh, more. What we bring, for instance, to the Chateau de Fiac that you won't uh, find in Bali is the art uh, uh, therapies. I mean, it's not exactly, it's not called art therapies, but it's therapies around the, the art activities, uh, such as painting or pottery or uh, writing. We have dance, dance classes as well. Uh, because again, it, it's working around the idea of mindfulness. And when you do something with your both hands, you are obliged to be mindful. <laughs> uh, more than when you, you type on one hand and on the other hand, you're cooking something. That's when you, you, you make your toast, uh, burnt basically because you're not really concentrated doing anything right. Um, so yeah, we hope that when you're painting, at least you are 100% into your, your painting. So we have that. We have a, a art pavilions, and we will animate every day workshops around around art. And um, there is also a, a phyto bar, which is a, a plant bar, if you like, where you will go and you will do your own um, tea uh, blend uh, or your bath salts assortment. And uh, you can also do your tincture. Um, you will do some inhalation for a better uh, respiratory uh, system. And um, yeah, that's also a mindful place where people would do on their own, but in a, in a mindful way, because you need to think what I'm going to put in my tea, a little bit of chamomile, a little bit of lavender. So, you know, you just help yourself. And um so that's also inspired by by local uh, French culture because uh, everything around perfumes, a lot of lot of aromatherapy um, workshops, I would say that are uh, specific to the Chateau de Fiac property. And um, another thing as well that is quite uh, unique in the 
in the chateau is the uh, salt cave. So uh, we found a cave that have that has been digged uh, six meters uh, above the um, the floor underneath sorry, underneath the the floor, and that has been built uh, way before the castle was built. So the castle was built in the 18th century, and this cave was built probably in the 16th century. So, um, yeah, people can go there and uh, there will be some salt on the floor. So it will be a halotherapy. You just lie down in this cave for uh, half an hour, one hour. And yeah, that will be, feel very unique, I think. So even without the salt, it's already very, very unique. Um yeah, and then something quite specific also about Chateau de Fiac is that I really wanted to push the the mindfulness side, of course, it would be in all our revival properties, but especially the slow aging and slow aging through uh, the plasticity of your brain that I was just talking about. So there will be every night brain games. So brain games can be puzzles or can be Mikado. I don't know, like it can be very simple things, but just dedicated sometimes uh, every day to that. And also if you come by yourself, that can be an opportunity to mingle with other guests around because I realize in Bali, people often come on their own. And um, it's nice to, I mean, it's also necessary to uh, to find your own space, especially when you, when you have done such a long trip and uh, you arrive in a new place. But after two or three days, it's nice also to start to talk to uh, your neighbors and realize they have been a bit in the same uh, uh, trip <laughs> than you. They felt maybe lonely or overwhelmed or overachieved and they needed a break. And yeah, you know, it's it's quite nice and reassuring to talk to people that are like-minded. It, it, it sounds to me almost, I mean, there's certainly elements, at least from looking from outside, almost of a kind of, you know, it's like a Buddhist retreat or a mindfulness retreat. Are you imagining people... Or is the typical length of stay sort of three to seven nights? I mean, it's more than it's more resort than hotel, right? It's more somewhere you come for a few days to in, sort of absorb all of these different experiences, rather than somewhere you drop by for an overnight stay. It's more a, a resort um, holiday experience. Is that right? Yes, definitely. Hmm. I mean, it's something that is very transformative in a way that I don't think people have never ex- experienced anything like that before because it's very comprehensive and we give you a lot of uh, tools, if you like, a lot of like healthy takeaways that then you can apply on the daily basis. So uh, you feel it's transformational, but you feel it even more after, once you have left the retreat. A lot of people are crying where they leave the, the resort in Bali. Uh, it's it's very strong that the kind of reviews we can have some people Lots of people, they say, you don't know how much you changed my life. Um, you know, some people, yeah, we were on the verge of a divorce with my husband. And since we discovered Revivo, you you changed so many things. Uh, Revivo, from the Latin, it means I will live again. It's a bit, it's also the last um, asana, the last pose when you do a yoga flow. And at the end, after the Shabbasana, you turn on your right side and you're on the fetus pose. And this pose is called, it's called the rebirth pose. So it's the feeling how you feel after a very good yoga class where you've been 100% into the, into the flow, you know, for 60 minutes, you were anywhere else. You felt like you were at the right place at the right moment. 
that's this feeling that I I hope and I, I really want the, the revival experience to procure to feel like now you are completely reset and you are with the, with yourself and you have everything you need inside you to to be happy and you know you feel like you are at the right place at the right moment because you you can obviously reach that that state uh, at the end of a 90 minute yoga class in a in a crazy urban environment like Hong Kong or indeed somewhere like Barcelona. But then how do you translate the Revivo concept into an urban environment? If you're looking at somewhere like Barcelona to set up a future resort, is there, do you have to adapt your your offer around that, at the idea of being in a city rather than being in a natural environment? Because obviously a lot of what you offer is that connection, the peace and quiet of being in a, in a non-urban environment surrounded by nature. Yeah, I would say it's easier if you're surrounded by nature because uh, it's really relaxing. Uh, as a, I mean, op- as a, the opposite of uh, of a city, you know. Sometimes you just finish a, a very peaceful and yoga class, and then you go out in the street and it's noisy and it's smelly and it's yeah very busy, and so uh, all of a sudden the the relaxation is gone. If you, so it's even more difficult. I mean, of course, it's achievable, but um, what is good? Uh, we've been approached, let's say, by by some hotels that are like, "Oh, can you maybe do this bath for us? Can you do?" And I'm a bit against because if it works, it works in a comprehensive way, and he, and if any change happens in people, in the people people's mind, it's because they understand it and they have felt it you know you need something to click in your in your mind uh to for the change to begin otherwise if it's just if it can can be like a train passing in front of you you know and you stay on the on the platform and you don't really feel like the train was passing you felt like oh it was nice to watch this yoga class or i felt a bit like that sometimes i go to a resort or talassotherapy and Nobody explained to me really what is happening in my brain, in my soul, in my body. And I do all the treatments, but then I'm like, yeah, it was great. But okay, maybe I lost two kg because eventually I only ate uh, greens. But then when I'm back home, I, I rush into the first burger place because I they created a sense of pr- privation. Pr- privation? And so I for the for the change to, to last, people need to... Uh, understand so for us it's very important that uh, we guide them through and uh, that we guide them through the four uh, pillars that are the movement the movement of the the breath the movement of your of your body and also the movement of your neurons the, the neurobics <laughs> we call it and uh, the spa of course which is aromatherapy the, your environment you know like how you take care of yourself how you pamper yourself you take some time for yourself the third pillar is a food uh, there is no order of uh, importance here but it should be the, the first otherwise but the food and the the beverage of of course is a um, very very important part of the the healthy lifestyle if you want and um, the fourth is a um, the the nutrio that uh, that sorry the 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 nocturno which is all around the, the sleep because uh, um you can be full of very good intention and uh, wanted to change something in your in your life and wanted to have a, be a better version of yourself if you cannot sleep 
uh, you will find it very, very difficult to, to achieve that uh, inner peace. Um, so, yeah, all our retreats are based around those four uh, pillars, I would say, whether you come for detox or weight loss or um, slow aging, uh, it will always uh, be uh, built around those four pillars. And so to answer your question, it can be achieved in a in an urban environment, but it will be more difficult because you need a consistency. You know, it's not just like you do it once and then you forget all about it. And uh, as I said, yeah, I lost two kg, but then eventually I gained five back because nothing changed really in, inside my my brain. Nothing clicked. So for it to click, you need to practice a little bit every day. And for you to practice every day, you have to, I think, learn. So, yeah, it's easier if people, they are in our intramuros, I would say, and so we can better teach. I don't want to say teach, but just show them and then they can do whatever they want with the knowledge. <laughs> and how do you, the, the sleep piece is really interesting. I think, you know, that's something that's now becoming more and more recognized as a as a key component in, in health and overall well-being. So how do you... How do you help, as you say, not to teach, but how do you assist uh, a guest in, in, yeah, if not improving their sleep, at least thinking about um, sleep as a form of nutrition and well-being? How does that manifest itself in the guest experience? Yeah, so what we call nocturno is all the rituals. It's very important, so I was just saying that, to create a, a pattern. You know, you have to work a little bit every day. Uh, becoming mindful is a bit like... A, when you learn a new instrument of music, if you um, if you want to play guitar and you try to play guitar for six hours in one day and then you don't touch the guitar for one month, you will never be able to play the guitar. However, if you practice a bit, 20 minutes every day, eventually in one month, maybe less, you will, you will know how to play the guitar. So it's the same for mindfulness. So it's the same for the, for the sleeping... Uh, ritual you need to maybe do some aromatherapy ritual in your room you know uh, have a, um, a, a sleep um how do they call it pillow pillow spray yep that you spray on your pillow you know create some ritual like that before you go to bed maybe half an hour before you put your your phone in um in airplane mode um you um uh, dim down the light you leave maybe it's I like to have a notebook on my bedside table where I write my thoughts because that's also what is keeping you awake sometimes when you have thoughts in your mind and you're like I'm gonna forget it you know tomorrow I will wake up and I would have forgotten this idea or I forgot to answer this email and you know and so you, you <laughs> eventually you keep thinking about stuff that uh, that are keeping you awake so I like to have a notebook and just to write your thoughts on it. So at least your mind is free of that. And another tips is um, also to take a bath again, just to relax your, your mind and relax your body, you know, create this type of ritual, this type of little routine, maybe give yourself a, a face massage, you know, with a gua sha stone, um, just find your little cocoon, and um and repeat that every day so looking ahead to the next 12 months yes so uh, we have been uh, quite lucky because even though we are quite young we have already uh, signed some franchising uh, 
contract. So uh, we will open uh, in France this year. And uh, we have also um, a beautiful project uh, in uh, Malaysia that is going to open in 2023. But it's a big one. It would be 80 rooms. So, uh, yeah, we'll be very busy uh after Chateau de Fiac, I will be uh, very busy with this this other project, and then we have also a property in Barcelona and a land in Sri Lanka that will be also built at some point. Uh, yeah, depending on the situation, but um, maybe I hope within the next four years. It's an exciting pipeline. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time. We'll add the the website links for vivoresorts.com. Is there any other you're doing social media? What's the best way for people to learn more about the brand? Yes, Instagram is great as well. Laurie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Matt.